Okay, everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Accommodation Show. This week, I'm joined by the amazing, the wonderful Natalie Palmer, joining us all the way from the United States. Welcome to the show. Hi, Bart. Thank you so much for having me. I've been looking forward to this one. We did an interview recently with Mr. Patrick Svetek, and uh, he hooked us up. He said, hey, you've got to talk to Natalie. She's amazing. I checked out your Instagram profile. I already knew about you, and uh, blown away, impressed. You're doing wonderful things in the Airbnb and short-term rental Thank space. Thank you. Thank you. Patrick's a really good friend, so glad to see he he had a great chat with you, and I'm really glad he made the intro. Yeah, look, and I, what I love about both of you, and, and there's quite a few people coming into the industry or excelling in the industry, is for me, I kind of get excited because Airbnb and short-term rentals has created all these opportunities for a lot of people. And I've seen you and Patrick seize the day. There are others as well, but it's great to see your success. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, um, I... It's so funny because I did not realize that short-term rentals was this like trendy new thing on the market and that there have been real estate investors for so long doing long-term rentals. Um, mm-hmm. I know it sounds so like ignorant, but the way that I got started in this was that my parents had a second home in Big Bear Lake, California. It's a ski resort town in Southern California. And just as my sister and I grew up and we weren't using the property as much as a family anymore, I was like, hey, could I throw this on Airbnb and try managing it? Like, mom and dad, please. Um, And they said yes. I had to convince them a little bit. But after one winter season, we made enough to where we put all of those profits into a down payment on a second short-term rental. Um, And then from there, I had neighbors start approaching me, asking me to manage their places. Um, So that's kind of the quick sped up version of how I got into all of this. And um, I just organically started sharing everything on Instagram, what I was going through, because I had friends who were asking me like, hey, you host an Airbnb. I've always thought about doing that. Um, Do you have any tips and stuff you can share? And everything just kind of took off from there. And that's sort of when I, um, I think because the algorithm saw me posting about this, it started feeding me information about hospitality and other types of real estate investing and direct booking and PMSs and all these things that I had no idea even existed. I completely stumbled into this whole world by accident. Yeah, and look, I think that's the, the 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 accommodation show has been going for three and a half years, and I think that for a lot of people, it's really accelerated their learning, and then you kind of get this world of opportunity. And what I love about doing this podcast and this show is that we're constantly learning and evolving, and it doesn't matter where you kind of sit in the accommodation industry, even if you're a massive hotel or if you're a motel or a traditional bed and breakfast. There's all these learnings that you can get of how other people are doing it. But the one interesting thing is that the common thread that links us all is hospitality, right? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. And that's the one piece, like, you know, I think the algorithms loves the you know, get rich, make lots of money. <laughs> it's going to be great. Life's amazing. But the reality of the business is that you have to be conscious of your guests. You have to be conscious of your interior design. You have to be conscious of that experience because that's the that's the how you're going to make the money and that's what they're going to take away with them. Uh, that is so true. And especially you coming from the world of direct booking and being so passionate about that. Um, I actually have... 
I have actually advised a lot of my clients and stuff to not do a direct booking site because there are so many listings that like in the nicest way possible, I don't think are worthy of a direct booking site. Um, I just, at, at this moment, you really do have to be at the top of your game to attract those guests. And Airbnb, you know, they've got, what, 54 million monthly viewers. Like, they can do a lot of the work for you with marketing if you're not standing out with amenities and incredible location or something like that. But I think if you really want to be successful here and build out the direct booking and the brand and lean into all of this and have your own generated marketing, you at this point have to be at the top of your game hospitality-wise design and really speak to that ideal guest avatar. Uh, you're you're singing the same tune as me speaking the same language uh it's something that i talk to a lot of people about it's all about low-hanging fruit and ultimately when you're making decisions about what to do next you have to pick off the ones that are the easiest and the ones that are going to make the most economical sense uh direct bookings is just a channel and mm -hmm. by channel what i'm talking about is just a method of people finding you so someone a channel could be word of mouth somebody talks to each other and they go hey go stay here a channel could be Facebook. So they're sitting yep. on Facebook and then you, you recruit them and say, hey, come and stay with us. Airbnb, VRBO, Booking.com. And BookDirect is just another method to get people to your business. Yep. What's interesting, though, is the brand side of it. Because ultimately, that's the glue that sticks everything together. And having a, a strong brand is what gets you more bookings and what is what makes you stand out in a in a Correct. crowded marketplace. Yep, yep. That's so true. Um, and right now, too, I just had a guest on my podcast who phrased it this way, which I haven't heard, but I love this analogy. He was talking about design and amenities and was saying that there's almost um, an arms race right now of before you could have a hot tub and that would mean that you stood out with your property. And at this point, everyone has a hot tub and it's just this constant like the next thing is going to be everybody having a game room. The next thing is going to be everybody having a sauna. And there's just this arms race of everybody like leveling up with their amenities at the same time. So it is harder than ever, I think, to create a true brand and find a way to stand out. Um, it's it's a tough market out there right now, but I'm hopeful that it's weeding out the bad hosts who were not cut out for, for this. And yeah. the ones of us that are left are going to leave such a better taste in people's mouths. I think a lot of people tried short-term rentals in the past and weren't necessarily happy with them and maybe took a break and switched back to hotels. I think within the next year, we're going to see a huge resurgence back because the quality of short-term rentals is getting so much better. Yeah, and look, I think uh, you know regulation is is really important for that, right? Yep. So, from a safety point of view, from a standardization point of view, to make sure that when you walk into a place, that you know that, for example, it's going to be clean, right, and clean to a certain standard, and that's something that you'd get at a hotel. You mm -hmm. you know that there's a standard of cleanliness that that goes throughout the entire brand, and if you have an issue, you've got a way of you've got recourse. Uh, to do something about it or you just don't go again uh, with uh, a, an airbnb it's it's a lot more difficult because each time you go somewhere it's somewhere different so you don't have that consistency across the board but i think as an industry the more we talk about it, the more we educate ourselves the more uh, courses and training as well i think that's really important for people to to to, to get that training so they know how to manage properties how to do it properly i think that's going to change the industry for the good but also from just a pure investor's point of view like when you're trying to make money you need to have uh, certainty 
or some sort of certainty that things are going to stay the way that they are um, mm -hmm. and that you're going to have, you know, that people are going to keep in staying in short term rentals because they understand what that marketplace actually is. Tell me um, uh, for you, because you've been doing it for around about five years now, is that right? Yeah, I've been hosting for five and a half years at this point. Yeah, and do you have a brand that sort of uh, sits amongst all the properties that, that you're managing? Yes, so we we operate like a boutique property management company. Um, I actually call myself a co-host on Airbnb, um, you know, a short-term rental co-host because I don't have the licensing to be a property manager, um, mm -hmm. which is fine by me. I don't even want to take on all the liability for that. Um, and so we just do co-hosting, but I do in my services do all of the same services a property manager would do. Just my formal title is as a co-host. Yeah, awesome. And then so when people come to stay with you, can they do they have some sort of brand that ties it together? Is there some sort of um, is there your brand that says there or is it all pretty clearly distinctly just each Airbnb? Are there email chains that go out to to your potential guests that would be would have a commonality or have you got it all a little bit disparate at the moment? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, I wish I could have a better, stronger brand trouble with co-hosting is that there are owners who just don't want to put in the same amount of money or effort into designing their place. And so I've just got such a across 10 properties, like I've got a pretty big range of the quality that we're delivering. And so I have not created an entire brand for all of them, like anything official, but we definitely try the ones that are at least on the same level. If I have guest book, uh, we definitely do have um, marketing we do to be like, hey, we've got five other units that are very comparable to this. We won't mention the ones that we're not as proud of um, or are not as comparable of a delivered quality. Um, but we definitely do a lot of marketing to try and get repeat guests or get bigger groups to come back and book multiple out. Um, if there's ever an issue with one unit or something and we have to move people, we are definitely able to like move them, um, you know, across equal levels of the properties. Um, so that's kind of been the extent of that branding. And the one that I own up there, uh, my husband and I own one, and then my parents own two that I still manage. Those three, we definitely do brand those three together because um, those ones we own and we were just able to get like more of a cohesive look and bring that up to a standard. Yeah, and look, it sounds to me like you're leaving uh, your options open as well. You know, you can go in different directions as you scale. Um, if you're going to mm -hmm. get more properties in the future, then you'll have different options. And I think that's one of the things that is quite commonly misunderstood when we get into it. Quite often people try to go too hard and too fast into establishing a brand and they'll call it, you know, uh, we are, we're, stay with us. It's great. LLC. Yeah. And then, uh, and then they put two properties on. They've got nothing to do with each other. <laughs> Um, one's a this tiny is... little one bedroom place and one's like a, a cabin in the mountain and then they've created this brand and then all of a sudden they, they create a website and think that people yeah. are going to book that way, which just isn't the case. That's not how it works. Yeah, that that is a really good point too. Definitely your branding. I think it's more important to have it connect to the type of property and location more than who the host is. So it makes more sense for my clustered properties in the same market to be in the same brand than it would if, you know, I'm in a ski resort town than if I opened something in um, Palm Springs or the desert somewhere and now tried to put those under the same brand. Like that would be a little disjointed, even though it's me as the same owner. Um, so that is a good point you bring up. 
I've got a, f- a few questions now. This episode, uh, I'm conscious for everyone that's listening, we are uh, on a timeline. It's not going to be a, a long episode, but I did want everybody to meet you and to start to follow you as well, to follow your work and what you're doing on Instagram. I, I want to talk about that convergence of, of uh, Instagram and you documenting what you're actually doing and the actual side of the, uh, the, uh, the business side. So okay. for you, of course, the uh, Instagram and are you on TikTok as well? No, I'm not on TikTok yeah. at all. I know no, I just, yeah. should be, but I've just doubled down. <laughs> Instagram's where I'm killing it. I've just doubled down there and left it at that. Left it at that. Yeah. Look, uh, we can we can uh, we can meet up afterwards and take notes and, and figure out whether what to do with TikTok is because we're not on it either. Um, but so you start documenting everything that you're doing, right? And yeah. sort of trying to help other people and say, hey, this is how we do it, which is quite fascinating within itself. Um, and obviously that helps to build your personal brand, which then in turn should help you pick up potentially more clients to co-host with. Um, but also I'm, I'm curious, what, what benefits have you seen from growing that following? Okay, so I'm going to be totally honest right now. I have actually grown that following. Um, you would think that like my Instagram following has helped me with getting more bookings in my properties. It actually hasn't. Um, I personally have gotten so much hate on Instagram from people that are just like landlord scum, parasite, like so many horrible comments that I have actually stopped promoting any of my listings. Um, I don't use my Instagram following at all to market them. I have this like deep fear that somebody is going to get pissed off by one of my posts, book my place and then trash it or something. So unfortunately, I have not been able to use my following at all to benefit um, increased bookings. Um, But it's okay. We're still very happy with how much we're booking and how much revenue we're bringing in just through, you know, optimizing on on Verbo, Airbnb and direct booking sites. So I've been okay with that. Um, However, I have had my following help a lot with um, growing the other side of my brand, which is coaching, trainings, my podcast. Um, It's definitely been beneficial in being able to teach and um, coach brand new hosts and help them out also get started and do this the right way. Yeah, so kind of separating out those two brands, right? So yes, the, yes. the hosting brand and the, the personal brand, um, yes. and the coaching, the mentoring, and that. I guess you know when I think about about that, uh, it's a, uh, to me it's a networking brand. To be honest, mm-hmm. it's like yep. you know that's what we're doing. The reason, the only reason why we're talking is because you've built a following. I've built up a bit of a following, and and we get to meet each other, right? Like mm-hmm. I mean, even if, even if we were the start of our journeys, we may have met through that particular method, but as we grow then we get more opportunities to meet more people and then through that as you said your huge advantage of that is that you're learning right so every time you do a podcast you get someone on and then you're going to pick up one or two things from that person and as much as i'm sure that you've come onto the accommodation show to obviously meet me and that sort of stuff but it's also like oh what am i going to pick up today which is which i can right. then go and take into my business or go and take and teach other people about right Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm like very happy. Um, like I said, it was kind of like a bummer. Like I originally thought I grew that brand in order to help promote my listings and that has not been the case, but Mm. the amount that I've just gotten out of this whole community, how much I've been able to take back and grow the performance of my listings, how many people I've met that could be partners one day on future deals. Um, 
all the other things that I'm doing, how many amazing guests I've had on my podcast, getting to be guests like this. Like I had no regrets about the little tiny piece of income I'm giving up by not being able to share my listings on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, interesting. And so I guess that helps other people as well if they're trying to think about how they're going to promote their listing um, and if they're going to use a platform like Instagram to do it, uh, ways mm -hmm. to do it. Do you have any sort of advice or recommendation in terms of that? Yeah, I would just be very clear on who you're talking to. Um, from day one, my content was always talking to other hosts. I really never posted about attracting guests to my listings. Um, all of my content started because I had friends who were asking me like, hey, I've always thought about doing this. Can you share some tips and pointers? Um, so that was just the audience I built was fellow hosts because that's who I was talking to. But I think if you want to use this as a marketing channel to grow bookings in your listings, talk to potential guests, talk to people who are coming to your area. If you are using this as a networking tool to find partners, um, investors, um, hard money lenders, private capital, then talk to those kind of people. So you just need to really be clear on what you're growing your brand for. I think a lot of people just start posting and you don't have to have this figured out from day one either. Like you'll find what sticks, um, what's getting more traction, what people start turning to for and what they see you as an expert on. And you can always drill down and dive into that deeper. Um, even me, it's it's so funny because I never really considered co-hosting to be a big part of my brand. I don't know why, even though I do uh, manage 10 listings total, um, I always saw myself more as an investor. Even though I only own one property, my husband and I, but that is what's like more exciting to me. That's where I've seen true like wealth growth and appreciation on the property. But just from posting a few co-hosting things, that's where I've gotten the bulk of questions. And so I've kind of had to like pivot and be like, okay, this is what people see me as an expert on. Even though I'm gonna talk more about investing, clearly people are not like, trusting me as the ultimate resource for that yet i only own one um but co-hosting i'm gonna amp up the content is in that because that's clearly where i'm seeing traction so i pivot a lot just what on my what my audience is telling me and uh, what's coming to mind for for me right now is when when we got onto this call we had talked about talking about property management and that sort of thing but what it's actually become is is really understanding the the power of networking to build yeah. a business right and mm -hmm. that I'm sure that right now as well, you've got a plethora of people that you can lean on and you can ask questions for that go back into the main business, right? So you, you've got an issue with the guests, uh, you've got an issue with insurances, you've got an issue with the property, with the plumbing, you know, you name it, or you need interior design tips you because you've built up a network. Now you've actually got people that you can go and get information from as well. Yeah. And that's been such a blessing with all of this is, um, you know, the other day I was running analysis on this one property in AirDNA and I could not find really good data on it. It was this very small market. And I just got to email my contact at AirDNA and I was like, Hey, can we jump on a 30 minute call? Like I need help. And you know, she just willingly jumped on with me, um, brought on like the tech guy with her so he could answer my questions too. And we spent 30 minutes going through this. And there's so many opportunities I've had like that where I've gotten to try different tools and stuff um, out there, new versions, new beta versions of stuff, gotten free access to softwares and things to play around with, um, which is just a really cool perk. Um, and I think that that's uh, I, you know, I take every single like sponsorship or like partnership or anything very much under advise advisement. Like I compare so many tools. I only want to recommend my favorite ones out there. And it, and it really brings up another interesting point. 
you've got the opportunity to access those people because you now have a following, right? And this is mm-hmm. really hard when you're first getting started and you're like, well, I don't have a following. And without yeah. a following, it's hard to build any kind of a following or to get people following. It's not all about that. I work with probably around about 30 to 40 uh, consulting clients a year. I help people scale their business, understand um, what different strategies they can use, help them with tools like uh, Asana to help them with their task management. I help right. them figure out their PMS and everything else. I have access to quite a number of leaders in the industry, kind of similar to you. Uh, by, mm-hmm. by the way, I need a lead to add DNA, so put that in. You got it. <laughs> that's, that's, but if my clients have got any questions or if they need to get access to a little bit higher level information or a higher level of service, that's generally a service that I can provide is actually to help people out once yeah. they kind of get into my networks and once they start sort of working with me. And I think it would be the similar, similar for you. If you've got someone working with you, then you'd be more than happy to help them with get answers that they need. Oh, absolutely. And this, I love this industry. Um, we're all good at hospitality. And so it's no surprise that you know, now that I've connected with you, next time one of my coaching students asks me like, hey, where should I build a direct booking site? I'm going to be like, go to BART. Like, that's my friend, you know, and um, we're, it's such a hospitable industry. Everybody that I've met has been so welcoming and uplifting and really, really wants to share resources and hacks and tips and tools they have. And I like what you said that it does not just matter how big your following is by any means. Um, I have had, I've had like guests on my show, for example, who I've had more downloads on certain episodes with people who are quote unquote, I don't mean this disparagingly, but like quote unquote, nobodies. like they don't really have a big following or anything, but they just provide such good value that people just love those episodes and share them like crazy. And a lot of times those kinds of players are so excited for the opportunity to try out a product or get a demo or be a guest on something that they share that stuff within their own network so much more loyally than, you know, the bigger person who's goes on five shows a week. And then when they're on mine, they do nothing to promote it or anything like that in return. So I've really found like, it's just about finding good, good people who are going to support you and have the same values in this business as you do. Um, I think friendships and relationships are really everything. Yeah. And uh, that's been the the linchpin of, of our success. It really has been is finding the right people. Mm-hmm. Um, that that are willing to sort of work together towards uh, doing cool stuff, and I've got a really really cool challenge which I'm launching next week. But it's not going to be next week because this episode is going to come out later, so you will have missed it. So you're going to have to watch <laughs> it later. But so we've just done. So I'm in my mind trying to go back. We've just done a um, revenue management challenge with uh, Price Labs. So oh, that's cool. I love Price Labs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can actually join it. But for those listening. Okay. You can watch the replay. <laughs> no, but, seriously, uh, send me send me the link. I would love to join that. Price uh, Labs is another one. Like they're one of my favorites to work with. Um, and that's another just great connection where like having those relationships there, I can be like, hey, can you come coach a webinar and do a live demo for my coaching students? So just giving them this this access of to things that I've been lucky enough to have those relationships with, and just passing it on to whoever I can. And find, finding people that are experts in their certain field, right? In their subject yes. matter. But Natalie. We did make a commitment that we would do a shorter episode today. So folks. I know. Thank you for being so respectful of my time. (laughs) 
<laughs> this is a teaser for what's to come. I hope that we can get you back on in the future, Natalie. I know that you're um, running a conference as well. We've got Strive over in Australia, which I'm trying to get you to come for. But that will be <laughs> just after your conference. So tell us a little bit about what's happening there. Yes, it will. For anybody US-based where it is easier for them to get to, um, I host the Level Up Your Listing Summit um, with my partner Tatiana Taylor-Tate, and um, that will be in Scottsdale, Arizona in March 11th, 12th, and 13th, 2024. Um, so if you're interested in that, that will be tickets will be available at levelupyourlistingsummit.com. Um, and I can, Bart, I'm going to make a little promo code for your listeners if they want. They can get $50 off of a general admission ticket or 100 off VIP. So just use code uh, BART when you're checking out, um, and that will automatically apply. But this is, um, we brand it as an all-women's summit, but you can still come if you're a guy. So don't feel, don't feel left out, but just know it's going to be one of the girlier experiences <laughs> that, you'll, that you'll have in your life. So uh, any, any single single men out there, then uh, definitely get yourselves down. To Great place office. to flock to, for yeah, sure. Don't, don't, <laughs> that's not what it's there for. It's the opposite. <laughs> um, no, amazing. And look, um, I love people that are doing conferences, doing events to try to help other people out. I know that it's a huge amount of work um, from putting on our own event as well. Um, I'm sure it's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of success, and uh, I encourage anyone that wants to uh, have a look, then uh, the links will be in the show notes as well, so make sure you okay. check those out. Um, Natalie, thank you so much for your time and for joining me. Uh, I really appreciate you. I appreciate what you're doing. Keep up the good work, and uh, I will hopefully try to find my way over there for your conference, uh, but otherwise we will definitely encounter each other in the, this year, if not next year. Or something. I know, and I know, I know with my um, timeline today, my schedule, we had to make this a shorter episode, but I would love to return the favor and have you on my show soon, so I'll reach out to you about scheduling that, and if ever a part two here is warranted where I'm not in such a rush, then please, 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 I'd be so happy to come back. Fantastic. Uh, look, folks, if you're listening to the episode on a podcast and make sure that you leave us some feedback, we'd love to know what you think. Also, uh, give us a rating. Uh, those ratings help us produce more episodes like we are. If you're on YouTube, give it a like, a subscribe, all of those things that you need to do to keep these things going. Thank you so much once again, Natalie. Have a fantastic rest of the day. Thank you. Bye.